Hi everyone and welcome to episode 160 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. How's it going Lauren? I am so great right now. <laughs> Lauren's a bit hyper today so it should be a very fun emphasis. Oh, oh am I hyper? No, you I'm are like, extremely hyper. I Well, I'm I'm slightly dizzy is what I am. But Why? Because of, of my fitness. Okay. Yes. As long as we're clear on that. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, no, I'm like running on fumes at the moment. So it could go downhill very quickly. We'll try and keep it up, but you just can't make fun of my faces if we do. What? I'm probably not going to look at you. Ah, you're not even going to look at me? (laughs) What kind of husband are you? I'm recording this episode blindfolded. Oh Um, dear. It's a new strategy I'm taking. Mm, Okay. We'll see how we converse. Yeah, we'll see how that works. We should be fine. You should listen to me more. Hey! <laughs> Wee! All right. On no, that note, um, yeah, so we actually have a, a structured episode this time. Ooh. I know. I am so enthralled by the structure. Yeah, it's kind of more like the traditional structure we used to have, where mm. there's some kind of conversational topic at the beginning, then we go into some news, and we have some questions at the end. Oh it's, my god! It's gosh. very traditional. We're so traditional yeah. right now. So our main topic is actually going to be the fact that I interviewed Naoki Yoshida, and uh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Why not, eh? Yeah, why not? Uh, and then we've got news relating to Final Fantasy Fifteen and Dissidia NT, and then we've got some questions about Final Fantasy Fifteen, the Dissidia NT. <laughs> <laughs> Go us. <laughs> kind of is, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for you new folks who are listening for the first time, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. Yay! And we're now going to do Patreon shoutouts for everyone who has paid $2.50 or more. We will hopefully be doing a giveaway soon, so we'll announce the yes. winners of the giveaway in the next episode. Yes, uh, although the people of... Well, no, we had one. We had one one person um, claim the winning. So it looks... Or wait, no, no, no. No, we didn't have anybody. No. No, we didn't. You guys aren't claiming your prizes, honestly. Well, we're going to keep trying until yeah. you do. Yeah, exactly. We're going to keep trying to give you stuff until you accept it. Yes, if you want to get in the giveaway, then head over to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. Mm. Uh, what are we going to give away this time, Lauren? Are we going to... Is it some 25th, thir- 25th anniversary? Where the hell did that come from? Yeah. 30th anniversary uh, plushies? We think, yeah, we have, a, um, we have a 30th anniversary Moogle, and then we have a 30th anniversary Chocobo, and we can happily give one of those away. Okay, Definitely. there you go. So yeah, we're going to give one of those away. <laughs> okay, let's start the list off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Lewis James. Christian Burge. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at... Oh, it's just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. William Trengove at Varnas the Azure. Mike. Dustin Smith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohamed Kayum. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Neck95. Rachel Casterton at Urba Young Ray. Vitanitas. Solar Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. John McRae. Marcus Karnecki. Miles Ribbons. Richard Holman at Vex Lennon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. 
Okay, so our first topic of this episode is about the fact that uh, well, last it will be last week when uh, when you're listening to this last week, I had the opportunity to head to Square Enix's headquarters and interview the Final Fantasy XIV director and producer Naoki Yoshida, mm. which was a pretty cool experience. It was, yeah. I mean, we were we were very very fortunate to be given this opportunity, and um. Yeah, I I wish I could have gone. To be honest, I wish I could have seen. Yes, unfortunately, myself, the but um, I had to stay home. The with woes the nugget. of parenting. I know I had to stay home with the little nugget, but it's okay. It's okay. You got to go up. Um, so what what was it like? So, um, how much time did you get to spend with him? It was actually quite a lot of time. Um, so the setup was that it wasn't just me speaking to Yoshida. Like I had to share it, um, so that there was a bit more time. So I think it was, I think it was forty five minutes. Mm. Um, but obviously like it's kind of a deceptive amount of time because like if you're interviewing someone in English um, you don't have to it, it can go a lot quicker it can be a lot more conversational mm-hmm. but uh, because obviously Yoshida doesn't speak English like he understands bits like when I was saying my questions I could see him kind of nodding like he roughly would get the gist of it and he would just wait for the translation but you've got to get the process of okay I asked the question the translator then has to understand that question translate it to Yoshida Yoshida then has to think about his answer he then has to give his answer in pieces Mm -hmm. so he will like say I don't know a sentence and then uh, or or like a paragraph and then that will be translated back to me he will then continue talking um, and they'll they'll come like that there's obviously the, the opportunity for me to interject sometimes um because we kind of took the questions in turns sometimes it would we'd like change question and then he would then carry on answering the old question because he just would he'd thought of something else that he wanted to answer Um, with with regards to that question so he wasn't ready for the next question yet but like because of the kind of the port the time pauses in there we didn't know that so (laughs) So like like that a little bit of yeah like that that 45 minutes actually um it goes really quick. It goes, it goes really quickly. Like, I mean, uh, let, let's give an example. Like, um, I could ask a question that is, I don't know, like 50 words. Mm-hmm. That then has to be translated. Uh, Yoshida might give like a two, three paragraph answer. Mm-hmm. That might take five minutes. Yeah. Um, so That must be, like, I mean, translators are just insane. Like, the fact that they have to regurgitate it take it in regurgitate it and then get it back and then regurgitate that like it's just it's so crazy i mean they they obviously have different ways of doing it like yeah in my mind it's quite similar to um to just journalism in general Mm -hmm. so a lot of journalists would have to take like the speed writing test where they can Mm -hmm. you basically it's basically a different language so you can it looks write down, bizarre. Yeah, like you can write down full full words and everything in a different language and it looks like scribbles yeah so from what I could see, obviously she was writing in Japanese, but she was using a notepad to write down the rough rough answer. Yeah, and then I think she clarified sometimes just to make sure. Um, but yeah, obviously she and that, but that's why they break it down into small yeah. pieces. Yeah, Whereas because like, they can't do it. Like Tabata's translator Gavin, he does. I think he does it all in his head, doesn't he? He's crazy. So he's he's a lot more full on. Like I remember yeah. when we went to the um, Tabata meet and greet, and he was yeah. translating all of our rather random creative answers yeah. and stuff he but he would be like hold on hold on you're talking too much well no <laughs> I, I i seem to remember him like uh, some of us saying like do you want us to stop so you can translate yeah. and he'd go no carry on carry yeah. on it's fine i've got it all remembered yeah but no he's he's oh he's like boss but anyways um but yeah no and it um he just seems like such a cool guy like a chill sort of guy 
hang out with. Yeah, I mean, like, it was... Like, they had a lot of grapes in the room. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he was pretty pretty calm. Um, I, To be honest, it was a little bit intimidating because mm. I think everyone who's listening knows we're not, um, like, hardcore Final Fantasy fourteen players. Mm. Um, I obviously played Final Fantasy eleven like, pretty hardcore. And I played the original Final Fantasy fourteen before A Realm Reborn. And then we've we've played A Realm Reborn twice. Look, I played it initially, mm-hmm. um, and then we played it yeah, together. Yeah, you like played the original one to death, and then um, we played A Realm Reborn. Yeah, but we we did that twice. Yeah, um, and we got up to um, what's I can't remember what we got up to. Um, I don't know, but we didn't. I mean, we, we got did, up to the the yeah. Sylphs Primal. Yeah, I think, um, but. It, it just became too difficult for us to continue playing. So, oh my God, because we just had a baby. So it was just like... But obviously, like, you know, I'm interviewing the guy who makes the game. I, I don't want to yeah. make an ass out of myself or no, an idiot definitely. out of myself. Um, so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time coming up with questions that I felt, based on my experiences with MMOs, were specifically the Final Fantasy MMOs, would be insightful. And yeah. I, like, I, I couldn't go too in-depth into current issues or, or current mechanics, um... And some of them I am aware of have already kind of been dealt with. Like, obviously, the housing update that happened recently. I think yeah. everyone was aware that that went wrong. But, yeah. but he's already addressed that numerous times. I didn't I didn't want to tackle that again. I wanted to try and think about, like, with, with the stuff that we've covered on the channel, like, I have a, a very good knowledge or an archive of, of things that have been said in the past. And I, and I some of the questions I asked were for clarification around that or a slightly different angle on something he said in the past or just things that I was just generally curious about with regards to the process of making an MMO that I don't necessarily think had been discussed anywhere else. Mm. Um, and also just uh, like some of the stuff, like we had our survey and Yoshida was, was one of the people mentioned in our survey. So yeah. I wanted to get his thoughts on that kind of stuff. So yeah. it was uh, it was interesting coming up with the questions. And I, I feel like um, some of the questions I asked, he, he actually, he said he appreciated uh, and he wanted to you got props yeah like he wanted to go into more detail because like people don't often ask about like so one of them was i asked him with the they've just announced well they just did the um the ultimate raid the mm-hmm. the unending binding or coil of bahamut um and i was just like okay well i i don't i don't really care so much about um the fact that it's difficult um the fact that it's like this unique thing i i care more about the like how long how long does it take you to to create something like that like yeah how, how do you go what's the process of uh of balancing it because it they need to make it so that it's challenging but not too challenging obviously i think it took someone like a day or two to finish it for the mm. first time yeah but like that's roughly what they planned to happen like they they needed to make it so that it's hardcore and he was talking about how they it's only supposed to be played by like 0.5 percent of players or, or something ridiculously small because the, to them it kind of becomes like an esport where like you know there's so many people that watch league of legends and and uh, like hearthstone streamers like top they want to watch these top tier streamers and it's exactly the same for final fantasy 14 like they're aware of the fact that there's many people who they like watching these like premium guilds or um that that can tackle these these raids and, and yeah. they'll they'll cheer and get behind them and and they want to see what happens with that um, but yeah, like so, he went into like a lot of detail in terms of the the mechanics behind how they set up a raid of that of that nature, and he was saying how like actually the development staff that work on Final Fantasy XIV specifically around battles and the creation of monsters, 
They have to be like world-class top-tier Final Fantasy fourteen players as yeah. well as top-tier world-class developers. Yeah. <laughs> which is like a pretty significant requirement. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a very specific, a very specific requirement. You wouldn't think that like coming out of school, oh, I have to be like a... a there's a job application that just puts it up. Oh, I have to be very, very... um uh very very good at final fantasy 14 like not only playing final fantasy 14 but be very very good at playing final someone fantasy actually in in the comments uh re- around this question actually said well technically that means that the guys who who beat it first didn't actually beat it first because mm. the developers beat it first it's true it's true and i wonder if they have like specialties as well like they must do like specialty classes as well that they have to play as or do they have to play as all yeah of them? i would have thought they have to to make it like they have to be able to see if it's possible to to do it in different scenarios like yeah. they can't just like oh we beat it once guys therefore it's yeah, feasible it's like they have to obviously there's Keep there's strategies it. that they that they hope will work yeah um and like if other people come up with strategies they hadn't accommodated for then then fine but yeah it's got to be quite an interesting situation in the office oh my god can you think of like can you imagine how stressful it yeah. gets at times like damn well, it especially Ugh. because like i mean he he didn't actually i asked him how long it takes to come up with some of this and he didn't answer that part mm. but imagine like if you're in a deadline and it's like oh what are you doing uh jim well actually i'm creating a an ultimate raid it's like <laughs> the hardest piece of content we've ever made um but i need to make sure it's actually still doable but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but the deadline's on friday <laughs> yeah oh man this is really tough i've got to be able to like make it and then i've got to see if it's hard enough beat to it. beat and yeah. then if it isn't crap oh what am i gonna do um yeah like it's just uh it was really interesting to delve into that and i also asked about um oh what did i ask what i asked about i asked about like the reception mm. like of stormblood it was quite a generic question but like, yeah. i wanted to use it as a lead-in and his again his response is quite interesting so i think they had announced a couple of days before my interview that actually off the back of stormblood and the patches they've they've driven record numbers of subscribers to final fantasy 14 like it's it's gone way above now what it was with the realm reborn and actually it kind of been declining but they used this to pump it up yeah and also the fact that stormblood um is like the high it's the highest rated um piece of content around final fantasy 14 which is crazy to think as well. Yeah, like uh, on Metacritic, it's got an 89. Mm. Um, and he was saying he's really proud of that. But for him, it's not just about the development team. Like they they are the ones obviously create the content, but he was very keen. Like before he said anything else, the first thing he said was, it, it's not just about me. It's not mm-hmm. just about developers. It's about the marketing, the PR, the operation support, like the finance teams. Like without without those people... They wouldn't have the platform to be able to do what they do. Like if if people weren't there to help them push the game out, promote it, yeah. then no, they wouldn't have the the opportunity to actually do what they're doing. Yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting that he was he was very quick to kind of say, yeah, look, we've done well, but but let's not just forget who's who's helped us get here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was really really nice of him um, to recognize that. Um, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else of what else you covered. Um, well, so one of the interesting, uh, the funny things that happened was uh, I he, back in back earlier in the year he'd said that they never want to get to the point where they end up uh, not adding jobs. Like they always yeah, want to keep they always want to be coming up with jobs. And I was like, okay, fair enough. 
well, you know, there's been tons of jobs in, in Final Fantasy so far. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll create a unique job that's, that's custom for Final Fantasy fourteen? And uh, he he gave quite a detailed answer with this. He talked about the process of how they make jobs and why they may end up creating a unique job, but it's not necessarily something they want to do. Mm-hmm. If they want to they want to latch on to the nostalgia and, and familiarity that people have. And um, But then after that question, he, he was just like, look, um, I get asked about jobs a lot. Um, if, if possible, can, can you uh, not ask me any more questions about jobs? Mm. And then the other guy who was interviewing with me was just like, oh, no, I was actually just about to ask you about jobs. <laughs> and she was like, oh, um, well... Well, we'll ask it anyway, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Bless. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he just like he just seems so like sort of easygoing. I, I think he was just um, it, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but he was just appreciative of the fact that we were there. Yeah, and he just wanted. He was like, "You guys have um, you know, taken the time to come and speak to me, mm. um, which is I, nice, and I want to give you." I want to give you the opportunity to to get some stuff out of me and I want to try yeah. and be as insightful as possible. And um you know he, he didn't really want to shut down shut anything down. He just was he was open to, yeah. to answering everything and try to be as constructive as possible. I think that's a thing as well because the um the sort of further we go into things like Final Fantasy 14, I mean I don't know quite how Final Fantasy 11 was with the expansions, but I imagine there were the a sort of viewership dropped off considerably after um maybe a few iterations well i mean 11 was slightly different because mm. it was the when first it, when it first came out it was japan exclusive mm. and then the first expansion tied in with the north american release gotcha. so it got a big boost so it already had one and then the second expansion tied in with the european release okay so they kind of tied it in with the future releases but exactly. it, there did reach a point where it was a bit of a dropping off and i, I mean the fact yeah. that like i mean Stormblood has done better is great but um as far as like a journalistic perspective like it must be so hard to sort of keep journalists on top of things like final fantasy 14 because it is such a time commitment and it is like you know, you think about all the other games that we have to cover and the games that other journalists have to cover. And it's just like not everybody has has the time to really think or to um, to play Final Fantasy fourteen if they're playing other games as well. So I'm sure he's probably aware of that and is also just happy that people actually like will ask him questions like not not idiotic questions. As yeah, well. and I think the other thing is that obviously um, we're sitting on the set. Of, I mean, like we're kind of in a in a slightly weird role. Obviously, we are a Final Fantasy specific product. We are invested in the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not necessarily as invested as let's say the Final Fantasy fourteen podcast that are around or the Final Fantasy fourteen websites that exist. Um, like they're a lot more hardcore than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously, if you're looking at like yeah, like mainstream journalists um, who have to cover tons of games. Oh my god. They may not be like that familiar with 14 and Yoshida's essentially got to try and sell them on his product. But but also still... they've got to then go in and try again try not to look like idiots. Yeah, but it's also that like not only sell them of the product but sell them them to come back to the product as well. Because it's much different when they're like just trying to sell like a singular title. And it must be but it when must you're be selling... quite 
it must be quite difficult from their side because they're gonna they're gonna deal with so, so many different types of people in their interviews. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I'm sure that he's gonna have the chance to speak to some hardcore Final Fantasy 14 players who just happen to be journalists as well, mm-hmm. and they're gonna get really in de- in depth. Like, I mean, I I asked a lot of questions that he definitely was not expecting. Because mm. I, I'm aware of, like, the wider workings of Square Enix, whereas a lot of, I'd say, like, the mainstream journalists maybe aren't. So, you know, I I I think I had half my questions about Final Fantasy XIV. Um, and I was pulling back, like, quotes he'd previously said, like, trying to get clarification on certain things. I wasn't just going, like, what are you going to add in the next patch? Yeah. Or, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I just like, was like, you know, this broad. <laughs> yeah, like, um, so I, I, I know personally that, there's a lot. There's an interest around the Final Fantasy XI mobile game. Yeah. A lot of people aren't even aware there is a mobile game. A lot yeah. of people aren't aware that it's actually being developed by Nexon, not Square Enix. It is and, shocking. And a lot of people aren't aware that it actually Yoshi also P. is sits within Yoshi P's division. Yeah. And um, when I asked him about the Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Final Fantasy XI mobile, mm-hmm. um, there was actually, I, I guess I don't know. I, I don't really. Un- I don't obviously. I don't understand Japanese, but you know, there was there had to be kind of there. There was a bit of confusion. They were like, "Is he asking us about this?" <laughs> um, and then yeah, like so uh, because because I asked him about it, he gave me an update. Like, and no one's ever, no one's really been able to get any kind of update about Final Fantasy XI Mobile for a while. No. Like, I think the last thing time you heard about it was January or something. Yeah. Um. So that was good. So, like it was it was nice that he actually was able to comment. Acknowledged on it. it. Yeah. Asked him about the city NT and which characters he'd like to see. Obviously, just yeah. To- just Tolo is in the game, but he he gave characters that he would personally like to see appearing in the game as uh, antagonists and also yeah. another protagonist. Yeah, and it was really cool. And I think like I would like to see um, some of the villains from Final Fantasy fourteen join in as well. I think it would be it would be nice to get that representation, especially because their designs are just so cool. It's like if you've not seen um, the sort of um, well, they're like judge outfits, aren't they? Um, yep. From the villains in Final Fantasy fourteen, they are really cool. Like really, really, really cool. It's like it's like Gabranth but upped. <laughs> And I also think it would be because um, I, I saw some people saying that it, it would be bad to add those characters in because people don't necessarily know who they are. But I think for Final Fantasy fourteen players, it would be good. And also, I think it's good from an from like a an educational perspective because yeah. you might like the designs for those characters and think like, oh, I really want to learn more about them. And- yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of people who have just come into the series and maybe they don't know any of the earlier um the earlier games characters, you know? Like it's there's there's it, unless you are like an avid Final Fantasy fan, there might for the average player there might always be characters that you don't necessarily know. And that's okay. And like Smash Brothers, like you just think about that as well, like there's probably characters in those games that people don't really like. Maybe they they've heard about, but they yeah. don't necessarily they've not well, played I remember, the game that they're cause, from. Because the one that I used to play a lot, I think, was on the GameCube, mm-hmm. um, and had Ike in it from Fire yeah. Emblem. I had no idea who he was. Yeah, but I like playing as him. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't that shouldn't shy them away from doing that. And if anything, yeah, it's like you said, it is it is free publicity for them, really, for... Well, not free publicity, but publicity yeah. for Final Fantasy XIV if a, if a person likes the designs. So I'm all for it. So, I mean, 
my my favorite experience in the interview was actually um it was a bit cheesy on my part but i i let him know that we had recently done the survey around final fantasy 15 and when we had asked people who they want to direct final fantasy 16 he was one of the guys that people voted for mm-hmm. um and there was a, <laughs> i'd say it's my favorite vote because there was there was a lot of uh confusion around the question it was quite a long question the way i worded it um and um when it was translated through to Yoshida, he was he was very confused. He was just like I don't remember us having an official survey about about <laughs> who we want to direct Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah. Um and I was like, No, 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 it was it was a fan survey that we ran. He was like, Oh, okay, that makes so much more sense. Um but he was saying that he was really he was really um honoured that fans had been had voted for him. Like it made him really, really happy. <laughs> And um, that uh, he basically he said that if the company or the fans made it very clear that they wanted him to direct an offline Final Fantasy game in the future, uh, a numbered Final Fantasy game, then then he would definitely do it. Like he he's very open to that kind of thing. Like he's got a few ideas for his next game, but he he jokingly said that you know if Square Enix didn't let him make it or if Square Enix didn't want him to do it, then it's not like he he'd quit. Like he. Mm. he He's very happy working on Final Fantasy fourteen right now. Yeah, yeah, he's a happy bunny. But I just, I just, I, I just liked having the opportunity to, to kind of say that kind of stuff to him. And I feel like, you know, when we had that, um, when we met Tabata, mm-hmm. um, like just having, just being able to have like a little chat with them, like it, yeah. it's, it's just nice to, for them to interact with, um, I guess like fans, yeah, like f- fans, fans on in a weird way, fans on our level, yeah, who were kind of in the media but also are very ingrained in what he does specific yeah. or what they do specifically. Yeah. Like we are, we, we, we're kind of in a, an opposition in that we have like this, this platform, like you guys are listening to us right now. Yeah. But we're also hypersensitive yeah. to everything that's going on with the game development and yeah. everything that's going on. Yeah. So no, it's kind of a unique really position. Cool. And like, I mean, from what I've found, pretty much everybody we've met aside from maybe <laughs> Toriyama, <laughs> who didn't like even make any reaction when we were in there. Every one of them has been very, very sweet and just nice to talk to really. Yeah. I think they've generally appreciated the fact that I, I asked them more Maybe he was specific questions. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Toriyama was yeah. a bit jet well, no, we was, well, we did, we did two interviews with Toriyama and it was the same in both of them. He, <laughs> he just sat there and let Kataze answer everything. Oh, I think them. in the end we had to specifically direct Ask, a question yeah. at him. Did we say about like 13.2 or something? Or No, it was like the one that Flippin got thing. mistranslated and everything. Oh. It was the one oh, where yeah. I asked who... The music? No, no, no. It was about who had written 13.2 and whether it was Najima um, and and then the translator thought I was talking about the prologue and he was saying oh well no no what what was he no he was saying he said that basically the person who wrote 132 was the guy the, the, the woman who had written the prologue mm. um and then after the interview was published people tweeted the author of the prologue to say did you write the scenario? And she was like, no, what the hell are you talking about? So then I yeah, got a load of crap. I know. Because the translator, translator did had it wrong. said it oh, wrong. Naughty translator, naughty honestly. Translator. But no, no, I think it is, I think it is really cool to sort of, uh, just to, yeah, be able to just pick their brains for a little bit, even if it is only for 45 minutes to just I would, sort I of would, say. I would love to have the chance to just sit down with Tabata and just yeah. have a, and just have a chat. Yeah. About stuff because, 
he's so open and, and friendly. Yeah. Like, I don't feel, like, from what we've seen, like, when he goes to Gamescom and just does, like, the fan Q&As and stuff, he's just like, okay, guys, I'm just going to say exactly what you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he's, I think him and Yoshi P are, like, they're just super chill and just cool. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, news, yeah, news. Um, so <laughs> the first story, I'm gonna let Lauren take this one because it's just, it's quite hilarious actually, <sighs> but it shouldn't be. Uh, serious yes. faces, all right, serious faces, all right. So, Final Fantasy 15 Comrades, it was delayed until the 7th of November, which was a few days ago, and uh, the original release date was the 31st of October. It's now coming out on the 15th of November, which is in three days' time. Yeah. Will so it make they, it? they managed to somehow get it. Uh, they delayed it. Yeah. And then they delayed it again. Yeah. Bless I, them. Did, I know we, we shouldn't keep harping on them for no. about this, but I mean, like, they delayed it a, a couple of days before the release date. Mm. And then they gave a, they gave a release date mm. and everyone was like, okay, it's going to be a week later. Sorted. And then they delayed it again. Like, how? Yeah, I mean, obviously they encountered some technical problems somewhere yeah. on the line. Yeah. Why didn't they just say the fifteenth in the first place? I know. I. I... It, it's a bit awkward on the social media because they basically have yeah. to act as though the delays haven't happened, and it yeah. was always planned to come out on the fifteenth. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. This doesn't happen. It wasn't supposed to come out on Halloween. No. Um. But yeah, no. It it is kind of like, come on, Square. Like, if you really needed the time, just delay it a month or so or something. Like, don't do these, like, little teeny delays. Well, they can't delay it too much longer wrong. because of Ignis. That's true as well. I just wonder what... I just wonder what's going on. I think it was... I think they said it was to do with balancing. Maybe. I think they just want to make sure the balancing's fine. But then uh, it's weird because I feel like in preparation for the 31st of October, they did limited promotion. Mm. I don't think I saw anything on social media, really, where they were pumping it out. Mm. Whereas for, in preparation for the 15th of November, they have been going crazy. Like I even saw um, they were tweeting about the fact that the there's uh, Asian facial skeleton structures in the character design mode. And they were based off of actual staff members. Jeez. Like they, they, they had like side by side pictures of the staff members and their in-game recreation. <laughs> um, but I think it's only the Asian uh custom characters that have that level of detail i think the mm. other ones are just kind of generic yeah i think but yeah no i mean yeah it's just a bit of a a sad a, yeah. another sad thing another dark cloud over and Final i've had 15. a lot of people asking if you need playstation plus or xbox live you do uh, gold. need playstation yeah. plus to confirm yes you do need those to be able to play comrades yeah. it's not it's not like you've played you bought 15 or you've got the season no. pass it's good to go you need to buy the dlc or the season pass, and then you need PlayStation Plus on top of that. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, like, the only ones that you really don't have that is Final Fantasy XIV because you're playing for a subscription service, so they're not going to, like, knock you over twice. <laughs> I think, I but, think they, they did on Xbox for 11. Yeah, you had for to pay, 11, wow. You had to pay Xbox Live and you had to pay for Ugh. the subscription. But, yeah, no. So, yeah, for comrades, it's definitely that you have to have PlayStation Plus. The next thing, if if Daryl would like me to take it as sure, well. Sure, go ahead. Is that um, 
Golbez was announced as the latest character for Dissidenti. I got this completely wrong in the video. I'm so sorry. I was, I don't know what was happening. I was really tired, I guess. And put in um, Garland instead. Uh, an image of Garland. I apologize you for that. You got severely sassed. I was sassed. I just saw a Dissidia. I, I searched Gobez. I, I got like a... Ignored all of the Gobez images from the previous games and just well, was like, this one is from the pretty. current game. It must be Gobez. It was pretty. And I just... Yeah. Final Fantasy, man. It's just they do, hard. No, they, they, they look similar. They both have silver armor-ish. Yeah. And blue. They basically stole it. You know, Final Fantasy stole from itself. Anyways, um, so well, yeah, so it should be it should be cool. I mean, it's kind of like a sort of like nothing update really because you kind of expected him to be in there anyway. Yeah, I think there's going to be one more character announced before the roster is Which completed. Which is probably just going to be a, another one. I think. Okay, so the last story we have is also related to City NT. Um, and I think, like, we've known for some time that there isn't going to be a story mode. Mm. Like, it's not something that has suddenly just come out of the blue. Like, they said very clearly when they announced it that there was going to be no story mode, but that the story was going to be told naturally as you progress. Now, I've had some people going, well, of course the story is going to progress, like, be told naturally. That's what happens in every game. It's like, yes, that is technically true. As you progress through a game, the story will get told. But with the City NT, there's no specific mode. And it's more like as you play like the arcade mode or online mode and stuff, then you'll get cutscenes. But they never actually explained how that was going to work until, um, as we were just saying, Hazama got interviewed by Final Fantasy World and Final Fantasy Ring in France. So they asked specific questions about the game. <laughs> we got we got answers, guys, <laughs> because he was interviewed by someone who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so he was basically, he said, for, I think it was the first time ever, um, he said that in any fight you do in the game, whether it's arcade, online, I, I presume it's online as well, um, you'll get you'll get points, essentially. And then you have to use those points to unlock cutscenes, which you can then play in, I guess, a theatre mode or something. Um, and then he said there's going to be around an hour of content to, to watch over the lifetime. Then what he didn't confirm, and he said that Kuji Raoka, who's the, uh, the director, is actually working right now, is how long it's going to take to acquire the points to be able to watch all the cutscenes. So it could take you like 40 hours of gameplay. It could take you 10. It could be a number of fights you've got to do. Or I don't know if they're going to do it. So like if you win, you get more points. If you lose, you get less. Um, or you've got to use certain characters to unlock like... If you want to watch the Warrior of Light cutscenes, you've got to use the Warrior of Light to get yeah. Warrior of Light points. Yeah. Like, he didn't go into the, that kind of granularity, but he just said, yeah, you've got to... When you do stuff in the game, you will get points, and you have to use those points to unlock the cutscenes. Mm. So it's not it's not how I thought it was originally going to be, where it was kind of like the cutscenes will randomly play when you choose certain characters, mm. um, which is kind of how, like... Because they kind of made it seem like it was just going to naturally work its way out. Yeah. But it's not that way. Yeah. That, do you, do you, like, how do you... I have no clue. It just seems so confusing and, yeah. But, oh well, I guess we'll see how <laughs> it plays out in the game. Yeah. And just hope that it's somewhat coherent <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty. It's pretty depressing sort of news section, wasn't it? The only thing that was good was, like, Gobez 
That's saying something. Golpes! Golpes! Turn Spanish. Uh, yes. <laughs> Golpes. So let's move on to the questions. Yes. Okay. I'll let you take the first one then. All right. So the first one is from Billy Ross at Billy 92 who asks, what's your take on the Final Fantasy trading card game and the upcoming edition of Monsters and another Final Fantasy thirteen starter deck on the way? I think we're going to have to answer this the same way we've answered previous questions about the trading card game, Lauren, and say that unfortunately we do not have the time to get into it. No, I mean, I I was all about card games back in the day, like Pokemon and that type of thing, but like I just, yeah, I don't have the time to get into the trading card game, if I'm honest. We, you did, you, you tasted it, didn't you? You taste tested it in, um, at MCM. No, I thought you did. I might have done. I don't know. I didn't play. You didn't I, play it no. at all. I might have done. I've, I've watched Maybe people play it. So I watched people play it at the to kind of honest, MCM unveiling. And then at the last MCM, not the the one that's just gone, but the one before that in May, uh, we did watch uh, some of the games in the tournament that was taking place. Yeah, it was so quiet. Eerily quiet. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think also like when it came out, for some reason I was in like, my brain was in... Um, Pregnancy? Well, that was it as well. It still is in pregnancy. My my brain just hasn't hasn't recovered. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, we were playing the trading card game. I can't think of the name of it at the moment from Final Fantasy VIII. For, triple Triad. Uh, triple Triad. There you go. See, oh, our I forgot events. about it. Yeah, we were we were doing the events. So my brain was still in Triple Triad mode, and I was just like, "What is this game? This mm, is not my yes, trading card game." Yes, because the trading card game was coming out just after our third event. Because mm. we had uh, Michael from Dicing on the Cake there mm. to he he was basically like a preview of the game. We had some yeah. we had an early copy of uh, the cards, the decks, and he was teaching people how to play. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I was just like. No, I'm I'm good. I have triple triad on my brain and I'm going to play that, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um but no, like I w- I would I would have loved to get into it cuz the cards are so pretty, but I just don't have the time. Okay, so Lauren, our next question is from Lisa on our Discord server. Hi Lisa. And uh, she wants to know what elements of Final Fantasy 15 would you carry into a new game and which would you drop? Um so I guess I'm gonna take this like um like like story elements and that kind of thing. Like, Just anything. Like anything. Um, I mean, I really did like the battle music in Final Fantasy 15. Um, so you want to think... take Yokoshima Shimomura into the next game? Well, no. Well, actually, no. We were talking about no, this the other day. Not I'm pretty so much Yokoshimamura. I think the guy from um, the guy who did the Metal Gear Solid Suzuki. Stuff, yeah, I want him. But he only like he only did two of the battle tracks. Yeah, but they were really good. Yeah, that's true. Hunter be hunted. And, oh, that's and... so good. And uh, Hellfire. And he also helped with Hellfire. No, I want him in another... I, I really want him in another game. He's he did just 13 so good. too as well, I mm. think. A lot of people did 13 too. That sounds really wrong. But yeah, I want that. Um, but other than that, I mean, like... I've always sort of talked with Daryl about this. Um, like a sort of rewriting, a reimagining of Final Fantasy fifteen, And uh, the next... Like, if I could redo Final Fantasy fifteen all over again... I just would, I don't know. Well, that's, make not this, that's not what we're make asking Make the here, stakes though. higher. Well, no, it's like what you would add and what you would drop. I would add more stakes to um, Noctis's plight because I felt like... No, no, this... no, no, no. This question is, what would you take into the next game? 
Not what would you change if you redid it? Oh, okay. Like, what do you think Final Fantasy XV oh, did well? Okay, okay. Oh, oh, okay. I got, I got, I got you. All right. Well, um, yeah. So I think music-wise, I thought that it was on point. Gameplay-wise, I thought it was fun. Like, I, I like really liked the fluidity of it, and I liked focusing on a single character. Like, I didn't really mind not having control of the other characters with this one. Um, I don't know that I liked the upgrading system in this one as much as I've liked it in the past. Like, it just, it just was a bit, it was a bit basic and I just, well, it was basic, but it was also confusing and it was also kind of like, oh, I don't want to have to keep switching through these freaking things. Um, so I want that to be shift around a bit. And then story-wise, I mean, they just, they didn't fill it out enough. They also need to add, like, stories to the minor characters and stuff. I've always sort of spoken about that. I would love, love to have, like, small side stories for people like Taka and Dino, like, just something to make the world feel a bit more lived in. But I think that's that's sort of where so I'm So you basically that. say they should drop the side questing system and make a new one? Well, yeah, just just make it a bit more, um, a bit more, offer some narrative in there and just flesh it out a bit. And carry over the bro quest. We'll have a sisterhood next game. Yeah. Sisterhood of traveling pants. What? Yep. Sisterhood of traveling pants, JRPG. Calling it right now. Gilmore Girls. Sounds great. Yep. Uh, what would I want them to carry over to a new game? I think the battle system was okay, but I think... It- I kind of had the same problem that a lot of people did, where it wasn't actually difficult. Yeah. Like, it was so hard to die. It felt like the only... You could just run away or just spam <laughs> potions or... like yeah. It was just one of the things where, like, if the game... If if you couldn't beat a boss, you just couldn't beat it. You had yeah. to level up more. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't really matter how skillful you were or anything else. It was just like, okay, if I spam some potions, then I can probably get through this and uh, underleveled. But, um, like, it didn't seem very strategic. Mm. like the yeah yeah the magic system was pretty bad yeah the magic system definitely could have been improved but i i thought the open world thing could work if they did it better Mm -hmm. um and i wasn't necessarily opposed to the action adventure style gameplay like the action rpg style i I think the dungeon i think like for me if they are going to go with Final Fantasy 16 and it, it does get made, then I'd, I'd like them to have a degree of consistency with the gameplay. So they've kind of stuck with this. I think that I would prefer that the next game builds upon it. So like the the areas that people didn't like, the lack of strategy, like all that kind of stuff, yeah. that they that they build upon that and they, yeah. they're able to do it. Obviously, they intended in the original version to have it so that you could play as all the four players. They just didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would add a bit of variety to things, but... You know, I don't think it's that necessary. Yeah. I think also the tunnels just annoyed me. Yeah, the driving. Although oh. he did say that he wanted... he The driving... They were intending to have the the regarded Type D, like the... Yeah, the, the um, off-road one. Yeah, so that yeah. it was a lot more fun, but they just yeah. couldn't get it in for launch. No. <sighs> oh, well. So the next question we have is from Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. I just like that. Um, and he asks, do you think that they can make another turn-based battle system in mainline Final Fantasy? 
Yes, although I realize that somewhat contradicts what I just said. <laughs> um, I think the World of Final Fantasy showed that turn-based systems can work and still be fun mm. because they they added a twist on it with a stacking system. But I think the the difference with World of Final Fantasy was that they added the the speed that you could t- you could speed the battles up. Yeah, like it was it was somewhat strategic, and also I think the Bravely system uh, the the Bravely uh, series has also shown that turn based can still be effective. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily a detractor. Now I know that Square Enix has been going for the mainstream audience, and and they've probably got it in their minds now that a, a turn based RPG just isn't going to appeal to the mass market. Mm. But I. I don't know. I just I feel like that's that's really narrow sighted. Well, I think like like going along with his question, like I think that it could still work for a spin-off title like like World of Final Fantasy, but I feel like the rate that they're going at the moment, I just don't know if it would be a step back for them because obviously like they just think, well, great, okay. And like, you know, I I just and also, I mean, if you consider the directors th- that they have left sort of working on the mainline Final Fantasy games, I mean, if it's either Nomura or Tabata, it's going to be action-based because that's what they prefer. That's what they do, yeah. But um, I just, I would love it if they could incorporate more of a turn-based battle system again, a la I mean, Final Fantasy thirteen. Like, I think that I mean, would be a, cool. A hybrid system could work quite well. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking then of, uh, of Mass Effect. So Mass Effect is obviously an action RPG um it has the real-time element but then you can just you can play the whole thing turn-based if you want yeah like you have that choice and obviously final fantasy 15 had that with weight mode yeah but it just didn't it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work, work that no. well they kind of just like threw it in as a like sort of here maybe yeah like work. guys we've still got this in here if you want to if you just... want to try and think about what you're gonna do um but yeah no i i honestly like as much as i would want it i just don't think it's in the cards for the future of the series or i i honestly i don't think they should because yeah as we said before yeah unless we should build unless um ito uh is able to craft something now i was actually reading recently about the because obviously there was a whole thing about that he was working on final fantasy 16 Mm -hmm. and he i think you said in an interview a couple of years ago that he was he was waiting for the right time because mm. the battle system he was developing was too advanced for the Ooh, for the system that were around advanced. at the time. And I think that was in relation to the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Mm. So I guess we'll have to see because I feel like he he's missed a battle system. Mm. So he could come up with something quite interesting. He is. He is Mr. Battle System. Definitely. So hopefully that answered your question, guys. If uh, you've got any questions for us, then tweet them at us. And uh, if you're on the Discord server, then just give us a heads up on there as well. Yeah. All right. So music this episode is from Final Fantasy IX. It's an arrangement of Melodies of Life. And it was actually tweeted at us by the Chocobo Band. They just recently released it. It's quite a kind of a quizzical take on Melodies of Life. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Hmm. Um, And the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 28th of November. Fingers crossed. Comrades will be out by then. Hmm. Don't know though. It, it may still be <laughs> can't delayed. Can't make any promises. Can't, can't make any promises. <laughs> um, but be sure to subscribe to Final Fantasy Union and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Final Fantasy. Uh, we should be there or thereabouts as the podcast. And uh, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Yes. We've been doing some interesting videos recently. So we did like a whole 
look at Sephiroth's origins, which everyone's been really enjoying. Mm. Um, obviously, we've published uh, the videos relating to the Yoshida interview on there, but you can also check them out on FinalFantasyUnion.com where Braden has um, transcribed my my interview questions into individual kind of bite-sized chunks for you to digest. Mm. I liked that wordplay there. What? Bite-sized chunks for you to digest. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I, they I, are. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Um, but yeah, like if you, if you, as I mentioned before, if you want to get in the giveaways and you want to support us in general, then uh, head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. I feel like I we should need to describe what Patreon is, but maybe we'll do that next episode. For like, for yeah. those of you who aren't aware and just hear us mentioning, we'll do it at the, the start of the next episode. I think mm. makes more sense. Yeah. Because for now, Lauren, we need to disappear. <gasps> Where are we disappearing to? Sleep. Ooh, yay! I like sleep. Yeah. Mm. Well, say goodbye. <gasps> oh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. And I am Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production. <laughs>